and a very warm welcome to thorough newspaper analysis which is presented to you by law seeko so today we'll discuss important articles from the newspaper of 24 june 2021 we have three important articles of the day the first is titled as the gender technology gap has to end this is a beautiful article from the hindu it talks about the gender technology gap and how it is impacting public health in general the second article is titled as the union government has unifying effect in this article we'll talk about the term center its difference with the term union and union government the third article is titled as hurdles in class action in this article we'll discuss about the disaster which has caused by the cyclone topte in the western coast and resulted in death of 71 people and what class action can be taken against the companies This newspaper analysis is presented to you by me. My name is Ankita Parida. I am working as a trainee associate and a current affair expert with Lawsico. You can reach out to me at my LinkedIn or Twitter handle. Moving to the first article of the day, we talk about the gender technology gap. So recently, it has been seen that as information and access to healthcare has been largely moved online due to the pandemic, and those with no or limited access to technology have have been facing grave grave disadvantages because of lack of technological awareness according to the data given by the gsma or the um, global system for mobile communication it has stated that 390 million women in the world uh, of the low and middle income countries do not have access to internet in fact 65% women of the world do not have access even to a mobile phone this is in fact very bad situation in india where only 14.9% women use internet in which india is a country in which there is a huge extent of internet penetration and the internet cost in india is almost the lowest in the world however because of this kind of situation in which women are kept away from technology and there is a predominant practice of using gender divide in technological sector also it has been seen that women are generally kept away from technology because it is thought that it might risk them by exposing them to online content to some extent to the bad content for example getting bullied uh, or getting um, um, getting the um, for example getting bullied or for example getting the content from pornographic sites or getting trapped for on the online forums for example for that however it is also seen that in the back seat of the mindset there is a tendency that women should not get into online forum because they might come across ideas which might question the patriarchal society as we know there is a huge notion of feminism going around and if this feminism notion gets into the head of the women of the families it might create some kind of discomfort in the families so it has been seen that there is a the established there has been a established practice that men are given preference for using technology in the home in general public than the women so so therefore because now we have that information 
and access to healthcare are largely getting moving towards online forum for example telemedicine for example various mobile apps which are giving guidance about our healthcare about our fitness and when women are kept away from that they are kept away from their healthcare the second thing here it is very important to know that the because of these kind of thing feminist technology or femtech is something is emerging in the world and this this involves around inclusiveness and bringing the all kind of people to the sphere of technology and bringing technology to each individual the problem it has been seen that it not just the government or the society which is attacking on these funds on the women but the enterprises also have been practicing a very bad practice in which we can see for example the mobile apps there are over 2 million mobile apps in the mobile store mo- mobile store however only some of them are giving information about women healthcare and exclusively for women however it is seen that most of them are designed for men for example gaming apps or for example gaming apps or nutrition apps are specifically leaded towards the men audience but not for the women whereas they can talk about problems like pregnancy problems like periods and such kind of healthcare awareness they can bring and also about specific women health related tele- telemedicine system can apps can be brought up however these things are not or 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 the female finances which is a very recurring topic which is very important at this point of time even the smartphones and technology can also be used for the safety of the women where they can use panic buttons and these kind of tools to raise the concern or some kind of they can uh, alert the people around them for their safety so this can be used in the adverse manner to rather secure them but they are kept away from the technology so there needs to be a reinvented way of notion in which the private entities also need to act in a different manner we have seen that there have been advertisements in which dishwasher or washing machines have been have been portrayed have been portraying the women who are doing this kind of job in which they are showing that women are entitled to do these kind of domestic activities so why they are not exposing that women are also these uh, are entitled to do these kind of things and why are not uh, they showing to the society because when advertisements or media shows these kind of thing it slowly get into the mind of the society so it is also the responsibility of the private entities to bring this kind of notion and and bring more technology uh, equal technology for both women and women so that digital technology can reach both the sides of the society and this has played a very important role which which is very evident from the vaccination rates in india in which it was seen that in the phase one in which all the healthcare workers were vaccinated compulsorily by the government it was seen that 90 is 200 was the ratio in which 90 women were vaccinated per 100 men however when it was open to all the vaccination rate um, decreased immensely and today we have 70 17% more men been vaccinated than the women so moving ahead 
so the second article of the day talks about the term union or central government recently the tamil nadu government has given a decision to shun the usage of the term central government in its official communication and replace it with union government so this topic has come up from this decision of the uh, tamil nadu government so let's discuss about what is the significance of using the word central or union first of all the term center is never been a, a term used in the constitution of india in fact article 1 says that india that is bharat shall be union of states so if a student of indian polity attempts to trace the origin of the term central government the constitution will di- disappoint him the constitution assembly did not use the term center for central government in all articles of its 395 articles in 22 parts and eight schedules in the original constitution so now let's see what the author wants to say here first of all it wants to tell about the distinction between what is a central government why we are using central government why we shouldn't why the tamil nadu government has opted not to use the central government but the union government and where from the central government terms comes from and what has been the opinion or the discussion been in the constituent assembly and especially what has been the opinion of dr ambedkar about it so so what we have today is union of the states with executive powers of the union wielded by the president acting at the aid and advice of council of minister headed by the prime minister but it is clearly stated that the constituent assembly never wanted to have the term central government but they wanted india as a union of state in which it would act as a federation and the centralizing tendency should be at its minimum however the the word central government has its reference to the um, to the general clause act 1897 which gives a definition for it and the central government for all practical purpose is a is the president after the commencement of the constitution so now the question is whether the definition of constitutional whether the, this definition is constitutional as the constitution itself does not approve it it which is mentioned is the in the general clause act 1897 so regarding this let's talk about the intent and the discussion in the constituent assembly jawaharlal nehru on december 13 1946 stated that india shall be a union of territories willing to join independent sovereign republic he never said that it will be a uh, it will be a uh, centralizing uh, government but it will be a federation state federation of state in which it will be union of territories the emphasis was on the consolidation and confluence of various provinces and territories to form strong united country however because of the partition which was going on at that point of time and there was a huge separatist tendency as we know the junagadh province was seeded uh, and it was a strong action taken by sardar ballabhai patel and there was a huge separatist tendency which was going on in entire india when the british were leaving therefore the 
this kind of action was taken in which center was given a little bit more power however it never stated that the center is any way superseding the uh, states it has clearly the constitution has clearly given the seventh schedule in which we have three independent list state list central list and the concurrent list and the residuary parts are given little bit more to the center so that the separatist tendency do not get wings but this kind of thing was criticized by molana hasrat rohani mohani he argued that ambedkar was changing the very nature of the constitution and he made a very fiery speech in the constituent assembly he stated that the word union will sound something like the union proposed by the government in uh, like the prince maverick like the prince in germany and after uh, and also by adolf hitler who have always stated that it is a union it is a kind of union or something like that so he brought this into light however ambedkar clarified that union is not a league of state united in a loose relationship nor are the states the agency of the union deriving power uh, from it both union and the states are created by the constitution and both derive their respective authority from the constitution so none of the one is subordinate to other in its own field and the authority of one is to coordinate with that of the another the sharing of power between union and the state is not restricted to exec- executive organ of the government the judiciary is also designed in such a manner that the supreme court is not a superior court in or to the high courts or the subordinate courts because high court also has more uh, power in some areas than the supreme court so the supreme court is has appellate jurisdiction not only over the high court but also over other courts and tribunals and they are not declared to be subordinate to it in fact high court have wider power to issue prerogative writs despite having power of superintendence over the district and subordinate courts so the constituent assembly did not use center or central government in constitution to keep away the tendency of centralizing of powers in one unit moving to the third article of the day it talks about class action suits in india recently the families of 71 people who are killed after the cyclone tokte in the large ongc barrage vessel have received 2 lakh compensation from ongc and between 35 to 75 lakh compensation from afcon project contractor however it is very sad to know that both ongc and afcon have not taken responsibility for the death of these 71 people which is a very huge number also based on this action only some minor steps have been taken that is three directors of ongc have been suspended and nhrc has issued notice to ministry of petroleum ongc and coast guard and the surviving engineer who survived on the vessel has just filed a case against the deceased captain of the vessel and as we discussed there is no responsibility taken by either of the party so what lacuna is there in the indian legal system which has made negligence a practice in india 
so in that last 35 years of indian law negligence and li- lively uh, negligence and liability has not been strengthened which is very necessary in case of bringing companies to india because it would bring accountability and thus it would give ease of doing business and especially it would be a very good step in uh, in case of disaster prevention so in this article we'll discuss how can such incident be made preventable and in such an eventuality of damage and death how can the parties be made responsible with adequate damage paid and also we'll see how can india move away from the accountable how can india which is moving away from this kind of accountability practice which is very seriously taken in the developed economies and which make them a better place for business and employment so what is a class action suit so class action suit is basically a concept from usa and it is a tool used in usa extensively where individuals or small communities aggrieved by actions um, actions of the big entities come together and exercise their legal options so what exactly happens is that legal action is taken by many plaintiff and they together appear as a group of people with similar interests and that considered as a class this has been seen that it has been ensuring justice against the powerful and the successful and has been curbing negligence in usa to huge extent in this kind of practice there is something called as a class of lawyers known as ambulance chasers these lawyers solicit for clients in case of accidents or disasters and they also file personal injury cases and they are paid from the money which is paid by the perpetrator when they win the cases this practice has been very successful in usa in some of the examples are four american company tobacco companies paid 206 billion dollars to cover the medical cost of smoking related illness The second example is 20 billion dollar was paid by the companies because of Mexico oil spilling case in 2016. However, is there any Indian equivalent law of class action suits and what is the practice in which India is tackling these kind of issues? As we know, one of the greatest disaster that happened in the uh, world history is the industrial disaster in bhopal which killed more than 15000 people from uh, because of the leak from union carbide however the owner and the people responsible f- uh, for this went scot free and today also they are not compensated which was promised promised them and people are still dealing with those kind of deformities and the problems which happened from this uh, blast secondly in 2015 Nestle the product from Nestle Mag- Maggi uh, was found to have a missile um, quantity of lead and pesticide traces were fa- found in Maggi samples and based on it the product was banned and packets recalled off but Nestle escaped with little damage thirdly in 2018 johnson and johnson case johnson and johnson paid just 25 lakhs to 1 crore to at least 67 patient fitted with faulty hip implants 
on the direction of the Delhi High Court and authorities. However, it did not compensate on a large scale to the people. So let's see what uh, what other cases we have. During 2009, Satyam Kampu, uh, in the Satyam computer scandal, there was a fraud and misrepresentation of stock exchange regulator and investor. A class action suit was filed, but because India does not have an appropriate law against it, so 3 lakh Indian investors were deprived of damages while Satyam US investors were, were uh, made to get the whole amount. The amendment in um, the Companies Act by inclusion of Section 245 was the consequence of this thing. And according to Section 245, it allows members of depositors of a company to initiate proceedings against the director of a company in specific instance. There are, however, threshold limits requiring a minimum number of people or holders of issued share capital before such a suit can proceed. This type of suit is filed in the uh, NCLT or National Company Law Tribunal. There has been no current class action matter which is filed under this provision yet. So the, in 2015, the government of India filed a case on behalf of consumers in the National Consumer Dispute Redressal Commission against Nashley after the Food Safety Standard Authority of India found higher permissible limits of lead. However, because of lack of any legal provision, this was, this was um, solved with a very less compensation. So let's see the cases, uh, what are the things which are um, the legal provisions which India has today to recover from these things and what kind of class action suit can be filed. Order 1 Rule 8 of Civil Procedure Code refers to representative suit which is the closest to a classic class action suit in a civil context in India but it does not cover criminal proceedings. So it is the biggest uh, lacuna it is having that it does not cover criminal proceeding. The second is section 245 of Companies Act which we discussed and the third is the Comp uh, Competition Act under section 53 subsection N which allows a group of aggrieved person to appear at the National Company Law Appellate Tribunal in issues of anti-competitive practices. The Supreme Court has held that in certain complaints under the Com uh, Consumer Protection Act, they can be considered as class action suit um, because of the landmark judgment Rameshwam Prasad, Srivastava and others versus the Dwarka Dhis Project Private Limited. So, in a class action suit, so is a class action suit is comparable with the public interest litigation which is very prevalent in India. No, it is not. Why? Because PIL cannot be filed against a private entities. It can only be filed against the uh, public entities. And in case of a PIL, the person who is a party to it should, should not have a personal interest in the claim. However, in a class action suit, it only takes into account the class of people or the people who uh, have a interest in the case. So what have deterred the development of the mature body of class action suit in India. First is the underdeveloped system of torts because tort law has developed insufficiently in India because of high cost and time consuming nature of litigation. 
there has been a lack of awareness of tort law in india and litigants find it too expensive and complicated and therefore there has been an underdeveloped system of torts which has on otherwise um, otherwise been detrimental to the class action suits in india secondly there is lack of consistency fees so in us system the um, advocates can take a uh, take a percentage of the fees from the perpetrators however the bar council of india does not allow law to charge consistency fees that is a percentage of damage claimants receive if they win the case so this is the biggest detrimental factor in which the class action suit is not carried out and third is the um, india does not allow third party financing mechanism for litigants since litigants litigation cost very high class action suit can be made easier by allowing external parties to fund and sponsor the cost of litigation but it is not allowed in india and therefore this kind of practice is not coming into place and because of this this is another um, case in which 71 people died and no action can be taken against these company and this is a classic case of it and maybe the government should take account of this and work around the class action should and bring it into a more broader perspective in the legal practice in india so this was all for today thank you